Welcome to Kids Considered, where two pediatricians discuss children's health topics of interest to parents in a podcast with new subjects considered every episode. I'm Dr. Lena Rothstein. And I'm Dr. Dean Blumberg. And we're both pediatricians at UC Davis Children's Hospital in Sacramento, California. And that leads us to today's topic. Hi, my name is Ela, and I am six years old. I have a question about traveling. We are going to Vancouver this summer. When I have been on a plane before and the plane takes off or lands, my ears hurt. I am wondering why this happens and if there's anything I can do about it. Also, when we are in the plane, my little brother shouts a lot. Is there a way to entertain him so he doesn't embarrass me? Thank you. Oh, man. So cute, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Ela, that is a great question, and we are going to answer most of your questions during our podcast today. So today we're going to start part two of a two-part Travel with Kids series that we did. Mm -hmm. So if you want to catch up, you can listen to part one before this one, where we talk about a lot of the pre-travel issues. So let's take a moment to talk about strollers. Strollers are important. So carrying a baby during a long day of travel can be pretty tiring. Right. So as soon as children are old enough, use a stroller when traveling. You don't have to travel with an expensive, fancy stroller. Or bring your regular stroller. You can just get a basic umbrella stroller. These are convenient because they snap open with one arm. They're light. They fit in an overhead bin. You can also check strollers at the gate, and there's no charge for that. Right. It doesn't count against your two-bag maximum without paying. And if you aren't using a stroller, then baby wearing is a great option. This works for plane naps as well. And you can wear your baby through security. (laughs) Love that. Mm -hmm. The TSA agents will allow you to go through the metal screening while wearing your baby. And after walking through the metal detector, the agent will swab your hands to be tested. Right. And for all of the information that you need to know about wearing your baby, check out our episode on skin to skin and wearing your baby. We should also discuss how to make the flight itself more comfortable for children. Right, because if it's comfortable for them, it will be comfortable for you. Exactly. So bring along some of your favorite portable toys. It also may be useful to bring some new and inexpensive toys for young children. To keep them entertained, especially during those long flights. Think of other things that you know make your child more comfortable. Like a blanket or a stuffed animal. For older children, a travel pillow might make sleep more comfortable. Of course, age-appropriate snacks are always a must. Any recommendations for preparing for air pressure changes during flights? Oh, so this gets back to our adorable question that we had at the beginning of the episode, Ela. Mm -hmm. So you always want to make sure you have water for your children to drink during takeoff or landing. The air pressure change during takeoff and the initial descent can cause ear discomfort. And swallowing water helps equalize the pressure and decrease that pain that she was talking about. And any other options? For little babies, you can offer a bottle, you can breastfeed, which is really effective, or give them a pacifier during these times. And for older children? Drinking water also works, but they might prefer chewing gum. Mm -hmm. And that results in swallowing. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be sure that we understand it's not just landing that's a problem for the ears. Right. You said initial descent. And this usually occurs about 30 to 40 minutes before landing. Right. So it sounds like we should pop the piece of gum actually probably sooner than I typically do. Right, and that's when the greatest change in air pressure occurs during landing. Gotcha. Yeah, so for safety, we recommend that children have a separate seat while flying. 
Sorry, we know this costs a bit more. Well, it, it does, but children under two can fly as lap seat children for no cost on most airlines. So you don't have to buy them a ticket under two years of age. But remember, you have to book an infant ticket. And you often have to pay for a lap seat on international flights. But it's safer to bring your own car seat and put this in your child's booked seat. It can also be more convenient. Especially on long flights. Yeah, you might end up pretty uncomfortable with your baby on your lap for 10 hours. But saving $1,000. Yeah, it's a balance. (laughs) It's a balance. (laughs) It's a balance. Okay, so I think here's maybe one of the most important issues is what about crying babies on a plane? This is so stressful to parents. Because they don't want to disturb all the other passengers. First, parents should take comfort in knowing that the drones of the engine usually limits how far people can hear your baby. So how noisy is it on a plane? Airplane cabin noise levels can range from 60 to 100 decibels. That's that's a lot of noise. It is, and it tends to be louder during takeoff. And so that'll muffle some of the um, baby crying. Right. So the parent needs to figure out why the baby is crying. Check the usual suspects. So are they hungry, wet, or dirty? Too cold or too warm or bored? If it's too bright, you can close a window shade. Or open it if they want to look outside. And if they're bored, show them a picture from the airline magazine. If all else fails, try not to let a few dirty looks bother you. And I know that that's hard, but remember that most people will be sympathizing with the parents of a crying infant. Right. Everyone was a baby at one point. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, yeah. And many have had to try to quiet one in a public place at some time in their life. And finally, you're not going to see the majority of these people ever again in your life. So Right. They'll eh, they'll get over it. They'll get over it. Mm -hmm. So in the olden days, when I was practicing... (laughs) You are still practicing. I'm still practicing. But when I was doing more general pediatrics, we used to advise parents to give their children medication to make them sleepier. Uh, Which I could see would make them a little easier to travel with. We used to use um, diphenhydramine. That was the sort of the common one we used. So some parents may know this under the brand name of Benadryl. So that's an antihistamine. You give it for like colds or allergies. And one of its side effects is drowsiness. Sometimes, though, I've seen kids that have the opposite reaction to Benadryl. <laughs> right. It makes them hyper. Right. And this is the last thing we want. So you can still try this. But if you do, try it at home first to see what the effect is. Right. You don't want to experiment on the plane. And make sure you know the appropriate dose for for your child size because that can be dangerous if you're just giving like the adult dose to a younger child. Right. Absolutely. Another option would be something like melatonin. And that usually has few side effects. But for all of these things, check with your pediatrician. Right. See what they recommend. Right. So let's talk about visiting and staying with extended family. So this allows for special closeness within the family. But some families have different schedules. Or different priorities. Some families may just want to hang out. And others may want to enthusiastically plan a bunch of activities. So the key to sanity is compromise. So find a balance between your family's needs and expectations. And the other family that you're staying with. So, for example, you could plan a half day of activities and a half day of just hanging out. Or a half day with all of the extended family together. And a half day of just your family together. Remember when you are visiting someone's home that they may have different house rules than you. 
So in general, visiting families should expect to abide by the host family's rules. And if that makes you as a parent uncomfortable, or obviously if that makes you feel unsafe or your make your children are going to be unsafe, then maybe it's best to stay at a nearby hotel or rental. And that way you can still enjoy the time together. And you can still have meals and activities together. But everybody will be more comfortable. Remember, your priority is accommodating your family first. And you need to make sure that you and your children are comfortable. Right. So discuss this with the potential host family ahead of time. Yeah. Otherwise, if they don't understand, it might hurt their feelings. Mm -hmm. So once a destination is chosen, the next issue is to consider accommodations. Of course. So renting a house, a condo, or apartment is usually the most comfortable when you're traveling with a family. And then you can take advantage of a kitchen. Right. You don't have to dine out all the time, which we also know is sometimes hard with kids. Mm -hmm. It's one more variation from the routine. Plus, a rental gives you space to spread out. But you still have the shared space for family time. Mm-hmm. Parents will be more comfortable once the kids go to sleep. Otherwise, the whole family is crammed into a hotel room. Right, and that can create its own stress. Of course, it's a balance. Because hotels can be fun for families, too. Hotels often have pools, and we know that kids enjoy pools. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and some have activities for kids. Right, they have, like, kids' clubs. Right, so you could always consider one of those hotel suites where they have it all. Mm-hmm. Or hotel rooms that have kitchens or kitchenettes. But obviously, this is a pricier option. Mm-hmm. So the family has made it to their destination. And they're comfortable with their accommodations. Now, what advice do we have about planning activities? We have three words of advice. Not the three words I say to my wife. <laughs> what is that? Yes, dear? I, I love you. No? No. no. Okay, what, what, are the th- what are the three words? Less is more. Okay, so don't overschedule. You need some flexibility when traveling with children. So in general, figure half a day of structured activity like sightseeing or a tour. And then take the rest of the day off. Just sit around the pool or go to the beach. Or in your hotel room or rental. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one activity to consider for every vacation. What activity is that? Taking pictures. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's nice sometimes to get the kids involved. Yeah, have them take the pictures. So for school-age children and adolescents, have them use their phone or give them a camera. Or let them take photos on their parents' phone or camera. It lets them enjoy the sights even more. They can get creative, appreciate their surroundings, and it's fun. Yeah, and when you get home, you can make them a little photo book of all their pictures as a keepsake. Some kids or teens may enjoy a travel journal to write things down. Yeah, and then they can reflect on their experience. I used to love keeping receipts and brochures and pictures and then making a scrapbook from my trips when I got home. So that is a really fun thing for older kids. Yeah, we used to do that too, and then we sort of stopped. (laughs) (laughs) There are always going to be challenges when you're traveling with children. Or just traveling in general. So let's um, talk about some of these. So what do you do when your kid gets sick when you're far away from home? So hopefully it's not serious. You should come prepared with a first aid kit, and then many common illnesses can be addressed. So for more serious illnesses, parents may have peace of mind if they know where the closest hospital or urgent care clinic is located. And for international travel, if you're not sure of the quality of medical care locally, you could consider getting traveler's insurance. And make sure these travel insurances are kind of tricky. So make sure that it includes a medical evacuation plan in case your child or another family member needs to return home or to another country for the appropriate medical care. Another big challenge is eating during vacation. It's so easy for children to overdo it when it comes to junk food and unhealthy snacks when you're on the go. On the other hand, vacations are a time to indulge. So there needs to be a balance. 
On one hand, no binging on sugar and fried foods all day and every day while you're on vacation. But you should probably be more flexible when when traveling. You could bring along healthy snacks, which are like fruit, nuts, and cheese. And encourage children to try foods from different areas and cultures. But you don't want to force them to try new things. Right, because we know that that's only going to backfire. Instead, just offer your children different foods. And let them have food that's comfortable to them. Like pasta or chicken. And they may initially refuse the new and novel foods. But keep offering. Because eventually they might be open to trying them. It may take kids a few days to get comfortable in a new destination. And then they might be more flexible about what foods they eat. And sleep can be another big challenge when traveling with children. Oh, especially if you travel several time zones away. It tends to be worse for younger children. It can take weeks for infants to adjust to a new time zone. Oy, so what's the best way for children to get over jet lag? Well, if you're traveling east. So going from the west coast to the east coast in the United States. Or, yeah, for the U.S. to Europe. Mm-hmm. Then have your kids go to sleep an hour or so earlier, about a week or a few days before you leave. Okay. And then when you're traveling the opposite way? So from the east to the west coast in the U.S. Uh-huh, or Europe to the U.S. Yeah, then you just reverse that. And then you have the kids go to sleep an hour later before mm-hmm. the travel date. I'm sure parents are not going to love that one. Right. <laughs> right. But at least it, it gives them a head start on the, the time zone change. Yeah, exactly. And if you arrive at your destination and it's still light, then go for a walk in the daylight. Even though we know families will be really tired after all that travel. Yeah, but the natural light really helps to readjust the internal clocks. Great. So depending on the age of the child, you could take them to a park or a playground. That's a good tip. Should parents force their children to stay up all day so they'll sleep at night? No way, because that generally won't work, and it'll make the kids just really cranky and irritable. Mm-hmm. So what do you recommend to help them adjust? So daytime naps can help them adjust to the new time zone. But not sleeping all day, right? Right. Try to keep naps about 30 to 60 minutes long. Okay. Let's talk about another challenge that can occur on family vacations. Okay. Sometimes, despite all the appropriate planning, the parents are the ones getting stressed out. Right. So they're taking care of the kids. And the kids are having a great time. <laughs> right. But the parents, they, sometimes they need a break. You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then they need to take some time for themselves. Exactly. Parents need to recognize when they need time for themselves. So maybe they could hire a local babysitter one night. Right. And they can have an adult dinner all to themselves. Or one parent could go off and relax on their own while the other one is with the kids. And then switch off so both parents get some time off on their own. Sometimes even a short break from the responsibilities of parenting can do wonders to recharge and renew parents' energy. Totally. So we've talked a lot about air travel, but there are other ways for parents to travel and families to travel as well. Okay, so let's talk about traveling by train. So here's Amtrak. Um, We can look for employees that are wearing red caps. The red cap service is offered at 12 Amtrak stations. And at the busiest ones like Penn Station in New York. And they can help you get your baggage on and off the train, and that can decrease the parent stress. They can also take families to the platform early to board before other people. And the service is free. Although tipping is always appropriate. Of course it is. (laughs) And we should talk about road trips. Road trips are so fun. Right. The family's all together in the car. Audiobooks are great for road trips. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great audiobooks out there. Mm -hmm. For all ages. So I would choose anything by Ruald Dahl, especially like James and the Giant Peach. 
I was more into like mysteries like Nancy Drew and the boxcar children, but I don't know if those are too old school to make it onto audiobook. No, I think that I think they're there. Everybody's there. Yeah, everybody's there. Those those are good ones. Yeah. You can get creative with games like playing bingo or I spy. And make sure to factor in plenty of bathroom breaks. And research some fun rest stops like parks or sightseeing opportunities. I always personally stop at the world's largest thermometer on my way to Las Vegas. <laughs> I've stopped there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh-huh, yeah. And so these, these um, sightseeing spots or parks can be combined with the bathroom breaks. I am surprised that you, Dr. Dean, have not brought up anything on travel, the grossest things in the world, you know, planes. And I'm always sick when I leave the leave a plane. Listen, the world is full of germs right. and there's a lot of infections out there. Right. And everybody gets sick when they're on a plane. So how do we stop ourselves from getting sick when traveling? So the most important thing that you can do is wash your hands frequently and make sure your kids wash their hands frequently. Ooh, right, because so many people have already touched those armrests and the fold-out you know, f- food trays, and so there's probably a lot of germs on there. Right, so I, I usually travel with um, the alcohol-based hand gels, which are great. They're portable. I carry them in my pocket. I remember I've been to a conference with Dr. Dean before, and he's always squirting the hand sanitizer, so that's mm-hmm. a true statement. <laughs> yeah. How about when we're traveling internationally? So then you need to think about extra immunizations or precautions that might be needed depending on the destination. Oh, that's a good point. So if there are any like endemic things going around that there's a vaccine for that we might not have here in the U.S., mm-hmm. you may need to be protected against that. So check with your pediatrician. Right. And do this in advance because sometimes um, you need to make an appointment and they need, you know, your regular pediatrician um, might not have that vaccine available. So should we go down for a packing list for each child? Maybe we should save that for another episode. Okay, good idea. But we can post a link to some guidance in this area on our website. Yes, let's let's do that. All right. So let's summarize some of the things parents can do to make traveling with children less stressful. And more fun. First, choose a family-friendly destination. Get the children involved with planning parts of the trip, depending on their age. When planning flights, opt for convenience. Even though it might cost more, it might be worth it. (laughs) And choose accommodations that work best for your family. And so this may end up being a rental with a kitchen. So you have a base to return to for the family to spread out. And don't overplan your days. Make sure there's built-in downtime. Be prepared for flights with young children. With appropriate books and snacks and toys. And be prepared for glitches while traveling. Pack a first aid kit in case you run into some common illnesses. Be ready for the challenge of new foods. And parents need to be self-aware. They need to take care of themselves. So that they can in turn take care of their kids. Don't let the challenges of travel prevent your family from having great vacations. Because traveling to other areas and cultures is a wonderful learning experience for kids. And creates great memories for families. Enjoy traveling with your children. They're only at a certain age and stage for so long. So make the most out of the experience. So let's go back to the phone call question that Ela had. And the first part was about um, her ear pain and I discomfort. I hope we answered that question. So Ela, you should drink some water. Mm-hmm. Drink some water. When you're taking off and then more than 30 minutes before going down. You don't sound like you're old enough to chew gum yet. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But soon, maybe. And then for her brother, so that her brother doesn't scream on the flight the whole way. Oy, make sure mom has some of his favorite things with him, that she's kind of seeing what might be going on. And then, you know, if all else fails, Ela, just ignore him. That's because you don't have to worry about those people and seeing them ever again. Mm-mm. Okay, so that reminds me of a joke. Okay. 
So um, what happens when you wear a watch on a plane? I don't know, nothing? Well, then time flies. Oh, that's one of the worst ones, I think. Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> we thank um, Amy Zaid at the UC Davis um, Child Life and Creative Arts Therapy Department at UC Davis Children's Hospital for reviewing today's episode, although Dr. Lena and I take responsibility for any errors or misinformation. So what is your earliest travel memory with your family? Um... I, gosh, I don't know. You know, we the first big trip we took, well, we took family trips. So we visited, um, I remember visiting Philadelphia where my cousins lived. And that was exotic to me to go to Philadelphia and see the East Coast. It was so different. And people like talked differently there. <laughs> yeah, locally. We had, I grew up in San Diego. So we had a trailer down in Mexico and it was only like an hour drive, but we would drive down there as a family. And it was nice. You know, we had a little autonomy to run around and kind of got to spread out. Was it on the beach? It was or? on the beach. Oh, nice. That's yep. so beach And try new different cultures. And, you know, that's where I learned some of my Spanish. And <laughs> so, yeah, I think traveling with kids is a really awesome experience. Some of my best memories, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, too. That wraps up this episode of Kids Considered. You can find more information on our website, kidsconsidered.ucdavis.edu. Follow us on Twitter at Kids Considered. And Instagram at Kids Considered. If you have feedback on this show or topics you would like us to discuss in the future, we would love to hear from you. Please call us. Our number is 916-915-3388. Or email us at kidsconsidered at gmail.com. Please rate us on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. Kids Considered is sponsored by UC Davis Children's Hospital.